Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we yell our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. And we are really doing it. Yeah, we're living this fall-time lifestyle in September now. Is it is it officially fall yet, or is it, isn't no. that mid-September? Yes, but I, for me, September 1st. Yeah, September 1st. That's when the weather starts changing. In that it is 85 degrees outside <laughs> right now. No, seriously, the meteorological meteorological fall starts on the first of the month, because uh, the weather starts to trend down. Yes, it is. Uh, I feel like you don't really notice it until the agreed-upon dates, though. I feel like all dates are arbitrary, and the weather does its own thing no matter what. That's yeah, that's true. true. I just don't want to live in a world where there's more summer in September than in June. That's crazy to me. Well, tough luck, Jeff, because you're already living in that world. (laughs) Uh, No, I have decided that June is summer. (laughs) Oh, so you're saying you're just not going to start calling it September until it's cold? (laughs) Uh, No, I... uh, It can be hot, but it's still fall. Okay. Yeah, I agree, because I want want more fall and less summer. In the future, when it is still 90 degrees in late October, you're going to be like, well, it's August 71st. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for September to start. Yeah. Wake me mm. up when September ends, though, am I right? Oh, I got him. Mm. Fucking got Billy Joe Armstrong talking about his dead dad, I guess. <laughs> oh, no. Is that what that's yes. about? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was about uh, the September 11th attacks for a while, but no, it's not about that at all. <laughs> Wait, did his dad die in 9-11? No. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> like Tom Hanks did. What? <laughs> Wait, Tom Hanks. <laughs> There's a movie where... What's that movie called? Incredibly Loud and Terribly Close? <laughs> Something like that, right? Uh, Isn't that about Africa? Horrifyingly what? close. <laughs> Extremely Loud and Incredibly there Close. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was about yes. Africa. Am I completely off base here? Yes, both of you, yes. Yeah, I, I had no idea what it was about. Huh, Okay. Uh, we I just watched A League of Their Own again the other day, and Tom so Hanks good. is the funniest person in history in that movie. <laughs> that movie is so fucking funny because of him. Like, the rest of the movie is good, but the, the only reason the movie is funny is because of Tom Hanks. It's nice that he gets to play, like, a villain role, too, instead of, um, like, his usual nice guy. Well, I guess not a villain, but, like, he's he's a bastard, and he barely has a heart of gold. He's, like, such a mean guy. Well, he has a real arc, though. Yeah, that's true. He has a real arc, though, because he starts out as a cynic and then becomes a true believer. Like, he's the only person who changes over the course of the movie. Yeah, it's still, like, he, in general, just plays, like, very nice men who uh, don't have a hard edge to them, and he hasn't since. Yeah, that's true. He still, that role still does fit into the thing we always say about him, that he's, every role he's in is, like, a conservative fantasy, (laughs) because... that's true. At first, he's like, jaded, oh, this will never work, and he's right. (laughs) There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. But then, later, everyone respects him. And if you ignore how he has changed, you can still put that into the conservative fantasy, right? (laughs) Yes, I suppose that's true. (laughs) I just think it's amazing that he is so disgusting in that movie, but charming (laughs) anyway. (laughs) The fact that you still like him after he's, like, oozing brown spittle everywhere. (laughs) He's very Uh, good. We all love Tom Hanks. He's so gross. Uh, Anyway... Yep. Uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh boy. Two weeks, this mm. month. How long has it been since we recorded? <laughs> 
it's been two weeks. It's been. Uh, it's been one week since we've recorded the podcast. That's not true. It's been two. Uh, I moved this week. Uh, I spent this last two weeks uh, moving houses. That's why we weren't able to record last week. Uh, I put that on Twitter, so if you follow us on Twitter, you know. If you don't follow us on Twitter, then you don't know that. So I'm telling it to you now. Uh, but I, I really like my my new apartment. Um, you know, it's very stressful. Any problems with moving? Considering that you moved directly into a danger zone right before there was a hurricane. Ah, right, yes. Uh, <laughs> I went to sleep the night before uh, the street had flooded uh, and was starting to encroach upon the sidewalk, and my door opens right out onto ground level, like, on the sidewalk. Um, but, uh, no, I woke up and everything was fine. Oh, that's wow, good. miracle. Yeah, so now you know, like, worst case scenario, you'll probably be fine. Worst case scenario, get a bunch of sandbags and then just stack them up in your doorway. Mm-hmm. Yep. The world doesn't exist when I'm asleep. <laughs> it's true. It resets every morning. Oh, man, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, like, everything in the universe is just a show for your benefit only. <laughs> no Actually, maybe attention. the dream is that the, the world only exists when you're asleep. No. Mm. No, I wouldn't like that at all. You wake up and, like, everything stops for the... 16 hours you're awake or whatever and then you go to sleep and other things can happen but no, you're thinking of the movie toy story the documentary toy story yeah yeah okay. i'd be into that no big time fomo mm-hmm. <laughs> again talking about tom hanks we can't get away from it but that's oh, fine boy, you're right so how have you uh how has your life improved in your new place so far well this is my first time having an apartment on my own so the biggest advantage is uh i have to i i never have to wear pants again uh i do have to keep a pair of pants on a hook by the door for when the amazon guy comes so i can uh answer the door and for british for our british listeners where pants mean something else yes he does mean that also yeah Yeah, no i'm i'm talking about keeping my dick and balls out (laughs) no i i am in fact referring to trousers uh i prefer to be wearing underwear lest you see yourself naked in a mirror (laughs) Yeah, and age instantly eighty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I. It's like it's sort of for the the uh, like the the same reason why if you have uh, dangly earrings or something, you won't wear like a wool sweater. Mm. I guess I don't want to like yeah, getting caught in stuff. Room with the burns, you don't want to have to explain because you were cooking naked. Exactly, <laughs> or because you put a, a dangly earring through your dick and balls. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a Prince Albert, but. Uh, it says yeah. juicy on a big hoop earring. <laughs> but it's a hoop earring! <laughs> it's a functional Prince Albert to make sure you keep everything out of the way while yeah. you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it connects to a, another little piercing in my belly button. <laughs> yeah, Got a chain that runs between them. Oh, God. Boy, we're bringing a bad energy today, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's bad energy, but it's also the energy that makes this show go, so I guess it's That's good to have it. Yeah, we're like leaded gasoline. That's what we, we run yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, we're huffing leaded gasoline, more like. Yeah, so uh, I made some Billy the Bookcases. I got three of them from Ikea and the corner hardware to make them a nice little uh, thing that fits into the corner of the room. Uh, I have another yes. bookcase where I'm keeping my like uh, router and modem. Uh, I've got a, uh, what you call it, a Calax as the TV stand, stuff to, like, mount my TV. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 
pretty excited. I'm settling in. Still have a lot of cleaning to do, but other than that, I'm, you know, here in a new place. Now, I, you have I've your cat Gideon. Lot. Does he I, like to climb on furniture? Uh, he has not been uh, doing climbing or any of his uh, terror peeing that he will sometimes do when he's stressed. No, that's good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think he's calm. I got one of those pheromone blasters. The, like, plug-in. It's like a Glade plug-in, but it has uh, synthetic pheromones that make cats chill out for once in their goddamn do lives. Make those for humans. <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> humans do not react to pheromones, but... Well, weed... Yeah, I've heard there's a new uh, company. I don't know how expensive they are, but they have THC, like the just under the legal limit of THC drops that are supposed to be good. I'm like, mm, do I want to try that? Yeah, I mean, it's, is weed a pheromone? No, not at all. No, okay, it, yeah, it's I didn't only think a matter so. of time before in states where weed is legal, they make like room air fresheners that are that just hot box your room. <laughs> I make your room stink like weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'd be so chill about it. <laughs> guess so. They should just spray um, that everywhere I, like those mosquito fogging trucks. Oh my I god. I just want to point out <laughs> yes. no, that's, chill everybody out. That's such a dystopia that you've painted for us. Yeah, this is Fahrenheit 420. Whoa! <laughs> Yeah, we we were we were told oh, in the goodness. we were told you in the still old, got it, yes. <laughs> we were told in the old days the firemen put out fires, but now we know that they only blaze yep. it. It's true. Um, I did spend a good full one minute sixty seconds of my life trying to think of a Billy Joel song that would work with Billy bookcases when Jeff said that earlier. Oh, yeah. hmm. Still, it's hmm. still rocking storage to me it's nothing none of this no. is anything yeah now i'm thinking about it too but it's nothing <clears throat> yep the river of sing us a song you're the ikea mm, man no that's nothing no come on mm, nope we're never gonna get there yeah uh in addition to those i got the calyx as a tv stand that has the cubes where you can buy cloth boxes that fit perfectly is in it, them oh, oh and you and you interlock your cubes with the soldiers on either side of you to prevent uh enemy <sighs> spears from getting through Boo! Boo. pretty good <laughs> mm, i guess <laughs> the more i think of that though that was the best new pokemon in the most recent pokemon the phalanx yeah Ugh, so yeah. I guess Kallax and Phalanx sort of sound alike. Yeah, see? I'm just glad Matt made that joke, because I was trying to make a joke about the Kallax part of a flower, and I didn't get anywhere. Yeah, no. So Matt took that heat. <laughs> I took the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Ironically, Kallax is more mm. related to fruit than uh, Phalanx. Mm. Makes you think. Yeah. No, it hey, doesn't. Hey, what's that weird fucked up lumpy part in the middle of a, um, uh, what is it, orchid? The you know stamen? No, that's the balls. Yeah, the, or no, I guess it's lilies, right? They're called lilies? orchids, Jeff. They're entirely the balls. Oh, is that what orchid means? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> weird. No, you know that You know that part in the middle of lilies that's like a weird, like, medieval club? <laughs> is that still called a stamen? Is that the calyx? Oh, shit. Like, the sticky-outy part? Yeah, and it's like all spiky. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, that- that's fucked up. That's where the pollen is. Yeah, but it looks fucked up, is all I'm saying. <laughs> but I think that's the stamen. If you were a bee, you'd be super horny for it. Mm-hmm. Well, bees like S&M, I guess. <laughs> that's I all I can say about that. <laughs> I'm looking at a diagram now. It could also be the carpal of the flower. Oh, that's where carpal tunnel syndrome comes from. Yeah. Uh, I've been dealing with that 
a little bit for the past couple days, a week or so. My like hand is just numb for days. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. The like thumb and first three fingers that are all in the median nerve. Too much jerking off. <laughs> no, I have I have a broken arm and carpal tunnel. I'm not I no jerking off in my future. No one can ever mention a hand injury without getting accused of jerking Correct. off. Correct. <laughs> yep. I love it. And in the uh in the interims between moving, I've been watching uh Star Trek Lower Decks, which um I'm caught up with and I found it quite enjoyable. Yeah. It's uh, it's the cartoon. I've been thinking about watching it because I've always loved Star Trek, but I just it it the the yeah. ads for it have big Family Guy energy, and I hate Family Guy. Uh, yeah, thankfully it's just uh, it just kind of has that style. Uh, I mean, it could be worse. It's not big mouth or anything. That's but... true. <laughs> Uh, and it is basically that concept we've always wanted, where it's a Star Trek series about just the worst uh, crew in all of Starfleet. Sort of. Yeah, well, I mean, it's isn't it, like, the name is from that one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, where yeah. it just follows four ensigns who are nobodies on the ship? That's that's great. Yes, exactly. Just one of the best episodes. Yeah, uh, there's always stuff happening in the background. Uh, like recently, the the bridge crew are characters, but they're like side characters. Uh, so they'll get into adventures off screen, and like stuff will be different in Star Trek ways. But then they don't tell the actual main characters like what happened or what's going on, and it's uh, very funny. Isn't that exactly the plot of that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. It's very good. All I really remember is that there's a Romulan spy on board, and one of the ensigns have to sacrifice their life to save him. Aw, that's sad. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about that episode of MASH where you're the uh, injured soldier who has a throat injury, so you can't speak, so you just have to listen to other people. Yeah. Or the the Scrubs musical. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Except, fucking, can we talk about that musical episode of Scrubs? Yes, let's. It bothers me that that episode, like, there's a lot of songs in it that are written for the show because it needs to be, like, about what's happening in the episode. Fine. Yeah. There's also, like, references to real musical songs. Also fine. The big ending number is just them singing a Colin Hay song. (laughs) It's not a musical song. It's just one of his songs. Yeah, but he's their guy, so... Yeah, what the fuck is with the Scrubs being obsessed with the guy from Men at Work? (laughs) He does all their music. They love him. He even showed up in an episode, didn't he? Yeah, he he? did. What the hell? There's other musicians, Scrubs. (laughs) They had the polyphonic spree on once, so there is at least one other musician. That's true, they did do that. Yes, okay, fair enough. There's real musicals that do that, too. Also, they had, um, what's that? Mandy Moore was on. But she for a didn't while. sing though. Mmm, makes you think. She was just on because she was dating Zach Braff, but he's moved on to a younger woman, I think, because he's a creep. Yeah, he's currently dating Florence Pugh, who uh, is less than half his age. He was 21 when she was born. Is he still famous? Uh, he had that show where he invented podcasts a few years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, did, but that yeah. was canceled within moments, surely. He's been raising. Money for movies on Kickstarter for a while, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not oh, sure is he a grifter? Going. Is he a Kickstarter grifter I now? I think he is, yeah. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. 
Uh, yeah, he's, um, I don't know, it's like, he's not a particularly handsome guy, I don't get, mm. I don't get what a, a younger woman would, like, want he's with him. He's been kind of a goofball, that's been part of his, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. attractiveness has been that he looks kind of goofy. I mean, I don't have anything against him, necessarily, unless he's a Kickstarter grifter now, because that's actually pretty heinous, but <laughs> he's just been, like, if he had been happy to be our generation's... Um, I don't know what's like like uh, Bronson Pinchot. Uh, I think that we would have all been like, yeah, yeah, you're a weird goofball sitcom guy. But as soon as he started being like, no, I'm actually an auteur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when I was like, actually, no, no one gives a shit about Zach Braff. But then like Tom Cavanaugh, who played his brother on Scrubs and is ten years older than him, he looks better now than Zach. Braff currently does, being ten years younger. Yeah, Tom Cav- Now, Tom Cavanaugh, I- I'd hit that. What is, with- what is with Mike and Tommy Snacks coming back? Yeah, that's crazy. Was it five years? I think it was five. A little more than yeah, five? Yeah, it was so- Did you listen to the new episode, though? It was really good. Not Skittles, but I did listen to Pistachios. It was very good. Yeah, Pistachios, I'm talking about. It was very good, yes. Uh, that show has always been amazing. It's like a fever dream. <laughs> Anyway, what were we talking about? Matt, what did you do this week? <laughs> okay. I, uh, it wasn't this week, but it was last weekend, so it still counts because we didn't record last week. I went and saw in theaters for the first time since the pandemic started, I went to a movie theater to see Candyman, the new Candyman mm, movie. Well, how don't, was it? Don't look in a mirror and say it more times. You, you guys heard about this movie? <laughs> yes. I um, Yes, I have. So... Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Candyman was a horror movie written by Wes Craven? No, 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 no. Wes Craven's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. The other guy. The guy who wrote Hellraiser. Yeah, the Hellraiser um, guy. Uh, Clive David Barker. Lynch. Clive Barker. That's the one. Uh, yeah, he created the Candyman in a short story called The Forbidden. Yes. Um, and uh, then Candyman was a uh, movie with Victoria Madsen and Tony Todd were the main Virginia stars. Virginia Madsen, yes. yes. Virginia Madsen, that's right. Um, and uh, so I'd never seen that, and uh, Jen and I wanted to go see the new Candyman because Jordan Peele is is uh, one of the writers on it, and it is a lot about like uh, racial um, interactions in, in an urban landscape, and we were, we were both interested in that, so we wanted to go see it. Uh, so we watched the original... Yeah, the day before we went to go see the new one in the movie in the theater, um, and I was very ready for it to be extraordinarily problematic. Mm. And surprisingly, it's much better than I would expect a 1992 horror movie to be. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> it's now, something I've wondered about the plot is I know a little bit about Candyman's backstory and the racial implications of that, and how he's a ghost, but maybe he's not. Um, is it like Dracula where he sees Virginia Madsen and like thinks it's the reincarnation of his long lost love? Is it one of those kind yes. of stories? Okay. That that is a major plot point in the movie. Okay. Um what I think is really stunning is how so first of all, what's interesting is the movie is largely about Virginia Madsen uh being a grad student who is researching urban legends and she finds out about this candyman legend and is looking into it. Um, but the, the clear thesis statement of the movie is that it's not okay for this rich white woman to be 
exploiting the trauma of black people in order to be <laughs> mm-hmm. a- advancing her academic career. Mm-hmm. Which, like, holy shit, 1992? This was what you were making a movie about? All right, yeah, I'm into that. That's pretty good. <clears throat> Yeah, that movie's really, really good. It's, like, an excellent uh, version of that sort of uh, 80s slasher, like, B-movie type of... Happy movie. Uh, boo. Ah. Boo. <laughs> no, it's bad. Uh, and Philip Glass did the music? Yes. That's one of the best parts about it. Well, okay, so when you watch it, like, lot of a lot of the movie are slow panning shots of, like, the overhead of a Chicago highway or, like, the outside of a rundown apartment building. Um, and because they're these slow panning shots, it's very evocative of the other movie that Philip Glass did the score for, which is Koyana Skatsi. Uh, it has that same sort of vibe of, like, the horror of the mundane, mm. <clears throat> which is very cool. Um, and, like, the score works so well to to make you feel that tension. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the the music works really well, and the only problem I had with the original Candyman, besides the fact that there's kind of, like, a white savior thing at the end, uh, yeah, in a way true. that's not the best, um, is that... Uh, Tony Todd. Well, okay. Also, the uh, another problem is that Tony Todd is too sexy to be a scary ghost. <laughs> yeah, no, that's he has he, that Broadway charisma. That's the problem. This is the horniest he's so monster. Hot. I'm not even into dudes, but like <laughs> he shows up to her in a car park and he's got his bloody hook hand and he's just like he's just like Helen. Why don't you be my victim? And I'm like, damn. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I would be that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. What that hook do, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no other monster Candyman definitely, like, uh, is horny and owns his horniness. Yeah. Wait, there's a part all there's... pretty horny, though. No, yeah, no. Candyman is way hornier. Yeah, there's he's a... hornier and, like, he owns his sexuality. It's, like, a that's good thing. true. I think that's why he comes off as less of a monster than a lot of them. Yeah. Because, like, in, in the original Candyman... Uh, he is not upset. He's not fighting against being horny. He's just like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a scene where he's like stroking his hook up Virginia Madsen's legs <laughs> while kissing her with a mouse mouthful of bees. Mm, that's the dream. <laughs> that's how I want to go. He followed those. He followed one of those crazy Cosmo tips. It's like here's how to spice up your sex life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spit bees in her mouth. That'll get her real turned on. Loves that yeah. hook. <laughs> Um, but the other problem with it is that Candyman, as Jeff alluded to earlier, is way too complicated. He has a hook hand, he also has, uh, the, um, the bee thing. Yeah, he's got the, um, saying his name in a mirror thing. You have to say it five times, too. That's too many. No, but that's good. You, you posted a meme, Jeff, that I think exactly nails it, which is, I feel like saying something three times... That 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 ghost is too desperate for you. If you have to say mm. it five times, you gotta want Candyman to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got all of these things going on, and it's like it's so so complicated that you're like, this needed an editor. Someone needed to come through this and try to make this into something that was easily palatable. <laughs> he's one of those latter day X Men that are like, this guy mm-hmm. can send sonic vibrations mm-hmm. through walls, and uh, he has fire fingers. <laughs> like you've added his body too many into things. diamond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like one of those characters who's just been around since the '60s, so they keep having to pile new things on there. <laughs> yeah, like oh, he was a samurai. Why? 
That's weird. They never mentioned um, that before. <laughs> wildly, the new Candyman fixed that problem for me. Whoa! Mm. Which is so rare for a new movie to, like, fix the problems with the original movie it's based off of. Mm. But there's a whole conversation in the new one uh, where the guy who is the, like, de facto expert on the Candyman is explaining it to the main character, and he says... Uh, Candyman isn't just one guy, he's the whole hive, uh, and that, like, really nails it down for you, the idea that Candyman is the ghost of every black person who has been killed by white violence. Oh, that makes more sense. I was like, are you saying he's a big bee? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, no, the whole that's exactly hive thing it. makes the bee thing sort of <laughs> at least thematically appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think part of the deal with him, even in the original, is that he's supposed to be, like, a, an embodiment of, like, a bunch of different right. urban legends, like, all put together and encapsulated in this one boogeyman. Yes. That's pretty Yes. Cool. I think that that's probably true, but it's never explicitly stated in the movie, and... In a movie like that, if that is what's going on, you have to make the way that you beat the Candyman tied into his whole deal. And they didn't. Mm. Like, if there'd been a scene of Virginia Madsen being like, I have to make the people of this uh, apartment building believe that I can beat Candyman and then I'll be able to beat him, then it would have made everything make sense. But no, that's not what happens. She beats him with a flaming spear. <laughs> yeah. But, like, does he die? <clears throat> he doesn't really. Like, there's four sequels. Yeah. I have not watched the sequels, so I don't know, but I do think it's fucking wild that at the end of that movie, everyone's like, and Candyman's dead forever, I guess. Like, no. Yeah. He's definitely coming back. We all know it. Yeah. Especially because Candyman's whole thing is like, if people tell stories about him, then he yep. becomes again, real. They fixed that in the new one, too. Because <laughs> they have the girl from the first one uh, be like, yeah, we all agreed to never talk about Candyman again, and that made him go away. Like, fucking, yes, thank you for explaining that. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Here's the thing. Why do you need to banish him if he is the wronged ghost? Well, that's the whole thing, right? Like, okay. yeah. in the first one, he is sort of the wronged ghost, but he is definitely trying to kill Virginia Madsen so that she'll become his, like, okay. eternal girlfriend again. Yeah, but, like, like in a hot way. In a hot way, <laughs> but still in a way that she doesn't totally want to happen. Mm. Um, so... That's fair. That that she is fighting against him, that's fair. Mm -hmm. um, but in the new one, uh, I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but if you want to go in completely clean, then skip ahead a little bit. I don't think that there is any way you can watch the new one without having the takeaway that Candyman is the hero of the movie. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, Candyman has this sort of thing where, like, you're not supposed to summon him. All of his stuff is like, he... Like, he says right in his little thing, like, I'm the writing on the wall, I'm the whisper in the classroom, without these, I am nothing. Like, so he tells you right there how to defeat him. Like, you just stop talking about yes. Candyman! Stop trying to summon Candyman! Like, why? Why give it a shot? Yeah. <laughs> I warned you, dog, I told you! <laughs> told yeah. you about summoning me! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the, the movie is just like, uh, black people say don't summon Candyman, then white people summon him. <laughs> Uh, and they are punished for it. It's sort of like a, a movie-length equivalent of one of those uh, tweets that tells you to just please, for the love of God, for once in your life, uh, listen to what black people are saying about their own lived experience. Because uh, all of the black characters are like, don't summon Candyman, except the main character, who's like, 
punished for it. I do like that the main character goes around constantly daring white people to say Candyman into the mirror, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very fun. Oh, oh that's boy. so funny. Um, I also want to point out, and this is starting to get into, like, uh, arty, like, literary analysis bullshit, so uh, forgive me here. But it is very interesting to me that every time you watch a white person getting killed in this movie, you see it, like, either through a window from a distance or reflected in a movie screen and things like that as a way to sort of be, like like don't forget you're watching a movie like it Mm. has a brechtian distance to it of like as you're watching this violence remember that like so much of horror is about commodifying the violence being done especially to people of color and for entertainment yeah uh which is sort of the theme of the whole thing is like the if there's one thing that the main character is punished for in this movie uh, besides daring white people to say Candyman into the mirror all the time, it is the fact that he is trying to turn the stories of violence against black people into an art career, as opposed to trying to respectfully, like, uh, do homage to those people. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly... That makes sense, especially because I know the people who made this movie would want to point out to the audience that this is what you wanted. Like, when you're seeing murders happen, like, you wanted right. this. So it adds a voyeuristic kind of element. Yeah, and I've seen, the the main criticism I've seen from people who uh, did not like the movie is that it is a it is too clinical in its violence, where, like, mm. if this is a movie about black rage, which it definitely is, and if this is a movie about revenge for violence against black bodies, which it definitely is, then Candyman should be angrier, Uh, and be more brutal Um, and instead it's very sort of like he's just doing the job that he's there to do Mm. which is scarier in my opinion but I understand that criticism Mm -hmm. but I do think that it's an intentional choice that the movie makes to make him be sort of this like he's still a tool even in death Mm. in a way that maybe he doesn't enjoy but it's not up to him kind of thing Mm. okay yeah, I, I like that interpretation. Yeah, I gonna find out how Jordan Peele is related to this movie because we all have the opinion yes. that he was, but he didn't write or direct it, right? He did, he did write, write it. it. He wrote oh, the he wrote story. Okay. Yeah, he wrote the script. He he and one other person wrote the script, but he did not direct it. Okay, yes, yeah. true. But what was confusing to me is that everyone was like, and the new one is also being written by Wes Craven. Now, what the fuck is this guy? Clive Barker. Barker. Thank you. (laughs) The new one is also written by Clive Barker, but then I looked into it, and he just has a writing credit because he created the character. Yeah. He did not write this movie. No. Have you seen the the original one, Jeff? Yes, the the ones I've seen are the original and the new one. Same here. None of the other sequels. Yes, I... Yeah, I heard the sequels were bad. (laughs) I, I also have only seen those two, but as as Jeff pointed out to me before I went to see it, it seems like this is meant to be a direct sequel only to the first one, mm-hmm. um, because so much of it is about the plot of the first one. Uh, there's even like a long dialogue portion by Virginia Madsen, the actual yeah. actress, <laughs> comes great. back to do it, which she is great. great. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because they're like, these are the recordings she did at the time she was investigating it, but her voice sounds 30 years older. <laughs> I have good news for us all. Uh, this, this new Candyman 2021 was distributed by Universal Pictures, officially making Candyman a universal monster. Mm, so he's definitely mm. part of Captain Transylvania is what you're saying. Has, have we established that he's only the universal monsters? 
No, we haven't. No, we think. definitely haven't. But his hit, hit the core of his power is the Universal Monsters okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah that is so. true. Yeah. Does Captain Transylvania only have one body? Huh. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Much to think about. I never thought about it. <laughs> well, so what I want to know is, though... So that's our, our creative writing prompt for the week. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's a universal monster, does that mean that Candyman was there at the Monster Mash? Ooh, is that... Ooh, good question. Hmm, we have to update the Monster Mash to include more recent monsters. Oh. Finally, someone's saying it, yeah. <laughs> and Candyman was there, wait, his bees wait. ate all the candy! I'm just realizing that Candyman is a universal monster, yep. and the mummy is a universal monster, so they could kiss each other, blasting beetles and bees into each other's mouths for eternity. Yeah, let's. Uh, we're gonna do mummy versus Candyman. Oh, fuck, that would be good. Yeah. Except they would, have been, they would be like, hey, did you uh, get murdered by white people being shitty? Yeah, did you? Yeah, okay, let's team up. Hold on. <laughs> the, the mummy got murdered by Egyptian people, to be fair. Okay, yeah. But then when he came back, he got murdered by Brendan Fraser, okay. the whitest person. Yeah. And, the, and also Rachel Weiss, the, the even whiter person. Yeah. It would, it would start with them fighting and shooting bees at each other, but then they would have to team up against the bigger threat, just like Batman v Superman. Yeah, and, and the... And Candyman would have uh, the the mummy on the ropes, and then the mummy would open his mouth, and a beetle would come out, and then Candyman would be like, "Wait, bugs come out of your mouth too? <laughs> Let's be friends." Where did you hear those bugs? <laughs> yeah. Oh god, uh, that and would be he, that would actually be better. <laughs> that would be a more relevant plot point than what happened in Batman versus Superman. Uh, he uses oh, his hook to slowly remove the bandages from the mummy before they mm-hmm, do it from his thighs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, are we including the mummy from The Mummy 2016, played by that sexy lady? Only no. in that they both beat up Tom Cruise. Okay. I say no. I don't like that mummy. No thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good movie, but I think that that um, mummy is hot. know that I know what she looks like, but uh, I do want to see... Uh, the Candyman beat up Tom Cruise. So wh- whatever we need to do to make that happen. <laughs> no. uh, she's played by the uh, knife hair, knife leg woman from Kingsman. Didn't see that either. Uh. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, you know, not a heck of a lot. But I did watch the movie Crimson Peak, speaking mm. of the spooky oh. season that we are in. Yeah, you don't usually watch scary movies, so that's a big deal for you. I don't. And I watched it during the daytime, and I muted the TV whenever there was tense music. And I fast-forwarded when there was ghost stuff. And I still had nightmares, so that didn't work out oh, so ooh. great. <laughs> I love how goopy those ghosts are, though. That those is are true. Some fucking goopy-ass ghosts. And actually, it did help a little bit that the CGI has not aged great. So ooh, that... It was bad at the time. Yeah. I saw it in theaters, and I was like, <laughs> damn, this is the best you could do? Damn. Uh, because, w- w- as we all know, a scary thing for a skeleton to be is a skeleton with a little bit of flesh and still eyeballs. Like, we all know that's very scary. Yep. Humans hate that. But when you see that and their eyes are, like, rolling too fast because it's weird CGI, you're like, mm, this is a little bit goofy. <laughs> this is a little yep. cartoony. Yeah, that's why the scariest skeleton to me is the one covered in red seaweed from that Are You Afraid of the Dark the episode. Yeah, the one that comes out of the pool. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than a skeleton uh, covered in stuff. Yeah, which is why I'm so afraid of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
anyway, this movie was very good visually, which I know you had promised me, and it was true. And so yeah. I like that very much. Um, I really like the horror effect of making things look like a diorama. So mm-hmm. your characters are in the foreground, and then the hallway extends back, hallway or long room, whatever is necessary, extends back in like an exaggerated way where you can tell in real life the sets were probably built to be on angles and not like a perfect straight line. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, something terrible happens at the other end of the room, and it uh, advances slowly. So that was very good. Yeah, yeah, I like how like the the whole the the main house in it is so run down and dilapidated, and so everything is a little bit off mm-hmm. in terms of like being crooked or yes. broken in some way. It it gives you a real unsettled feeling. And I like how the early stuff before the creepy stuff happens, but some creepy stuff does happen, is in Buffalo, New York. This is all yep. set in 18... Mm, late oh, but it makes me sad when her dad dies. That's like yes, a true. very upsetting scene in general. That's true. But I like how everything then is sepia-toned. Oh, yes. All the buildings, all the characters, all the costumes. <laughs> so that was very good, I thought. Mm. But then when they get to Allerdale Hall, which is the uh, haunted mansion... Uh, everything's blue and green to make the red show up more. Yep. For the blood yep. and the bloody skeletons, and that's right. I do like the kind of, like, subtle, sort of Gaelic mythology vibe of her mom's ghost being like, never go to Crimson Peak, and then she marries Tom Hiddleston and goes to his manor, which is called Whatever Manor, and then they yeah, get Alan there, and the locals are like, oh yeah, we just call it Crimson Peak, and she's like, no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> and if the ghost was so into... Here's the thing. If her mother's ghost, who appears to her twice, uh, like ten years apart, and gives her the same warning. If her, if her mother's ghost was so intent on giving her that warning, she should have used some extra clues. Because <laughs> well, it did come to pass, and she could have prevented it. No, no. See, well, ghosts are on a time limit. They have, a, they have like a certain word count, and they have energy to <laughs> expend. And, spoilers, her daughter does survive, so the warning did work. Guess so. You know, I was right. surprised. Um, slight, tiny detail. Um, uh, this this movie it kind of doesn't have a plot, which is fine. I think that's totally fine for a horror movie, a very yeah. stylistic one. But like everything you expect to happen happens. This guy seems too good to be true and kind of creepy. Yeah, turns out he's too good to be true and kind of creepy. You're just he's describing Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. <laughs> Got his ass. It's funny, I'm watching him now in uh, Cranford, which is a totally, like, cozy uh, country life uh, historical mm-hmm. drama, and he has curly blonde hair, and it's so weird. No one ever oh, lets him God. be blonde anymore. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. Don't like that. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Uh, I'm lost You're now. watching him now in a different thing. Oh, no, you said that. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to had that be an aside, and then get back to my point, and now I've forgotten my main point. There's no yeah. plot to the movie, and you think oh, that's yes. fine, but... Yes. But, at the end of the movie, uh, the guy who you knew loved our main character all along, and she should have stuck with him, but she didn't, and then he comes to rescue her, so, like, oh, they'll be together, they walk off together. Um, then the book closes, and you realize that she was an author, and she has written this book, Crimson Peak, which you see at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. But then you see, when you see her name, you see that it's her maiden name. So I guess she never married that other guy? Or she, well, maybe. she went back to her maiden name after he died. Spoilers. <clears throat> I guess that's possible. Here's the thing, though. In uh, the time period, you couldn't actually do that. 
You could publish under your your whatever name you wanted, though. Yeah, you could do pen names. True. Although people would definitely give you a lot of shit about it. That's fine. Ask, uh, who, what is it, George Eliot is really another person? Who's the person that's really... Maybe. There was a woman who wrote under a man's name for many years. Fuck. (laughs) Is that George Eliot? Fuck. Yep, here, Marianne Evans, known by her pen name, George Eliot. There it is. Yeah, see, she got away with it, with, and it's not even related to her name at all, fucking at all. Yeah, she just made one up. Didn't one of the Brontes write as, like, Elliot Bell or something? Didn't they also use a man's name? Yeah, I think it was... Something it, like that. It had the same initials. It was You're like right. Charles Bell, maybe. Yeah, something it was like Charlotte that. Bronte wrote as, like, Charles or, or something. Chuck Bell. <laughs> yeah. He hosted game shows, and he Jack wrote books. Bell sounds like a great, like, rock and roll guitarist to me. <laughs> yeah, he's from a Canadian band that only uncles have heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the Brian Setzer Orchestra, didn't you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was him the whole time. Uh, anyway, um, also, what helped me in this movie is that, and this is revealed pretty early on, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but the ghosts aren't malevolent. So, if you're someone who thinks you might want to be able to handle a movie like this, and is slightly braver than I am, you're probably fine, because there's a lot of clues to make it not so scary for you. I also appreciate that, I feel like there are a handful of movies where the ghosts aren't malevolent, but this is the only one I know of where the ghosts aren't malevolent, but the characters are still freaked out by them. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Even after the main character realizes that these char- that these ghosts are not going to harm her, she every time they show up, she's still like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck!" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, I would be too." <laughs> Obviously, I know you're here to help me, but you're so gross. <laughs> ghosts are scary. That is very true. Uh, it's also got the classic uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro thing where things are very ornate, but like there's this red mud that seeps in through the walls all the time, which looks like blood, and it's meant to, of course, but it's, like, everything's just gross, and he loves bugs. There's so many close-ups yep. of bugs Oh in my god. <laughs> Those scenes of, like, ants eating a butterfly or whatever, yeah. I know it's supposed to be a metaphor, but it's so gratuitous. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get him to direct Mummy versus Candyman because of his... Yeah, his movies are very pretty, but you just kind of have to, like, not pay attention to the story that much. <laughs> yeah, although I did, I thought that Pan's Labyrinth, which I watched for the first time not that long ago, I think I talked about it on this show, but um, I, I was surprised at how much of an actual story there was there. That's about the Spanish fascism, the rise of fascism in Spain, is that right? Spanish Civil War. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a parallel story about that and a fairy tale about, like, become growing up from being a child to being a young woman. Oh, I've got good news for everyone. Crimson Peak was distributed by, that's right, Universal Pictures. <laughs> so Tom Hiddleston is a universal monster. <laughs> yeah, we can finally see that movie we've always dreamed of, Candyman versus Crimson mm. Peak. Um, he will do it, like, someone will go to Crimson Peak and say Candyman into the mirror at Crimson Peak and he'll fight the ghosts. See, that's gonna be confusing, though, because Candyman is a ghost from that time period. He would just look normal. Mm, No, we're doing, we're gonna do it modern day. It's gonna be terrible teenagers starring in the movie. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, modern kids go to Crimson Peak and they summon the Crimson Peak ghosts and the Candyman. (laughs) They don't even need to. At the end of that movie, we see both of our murderers as ghosts just in the house. Mm. Yep. Also, yes, Tom Hiddleston's character is definitely complicit, but does he actually commit any murders in that movie? Hmm. Not in the movie, but doesn't he admit that he did murder one of his previous brides? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I think he does. Okay. 
I think he admits to having done the first one and then feeling guilty about it, I think. Okay. I mean, he's certainly as guilty as if he had done it. I just didn't remember yeah. if he had done it. Yeah, I think I think he is a... He and... Well, the, now we're just fucking revealing the yeah, entire end of the movie, so but again, sorry. the but, plot is not important. You kind of yeah, see it coming. <laughs> he and his sister are both, like, the the Bluebeard archetype of the murderous lover. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Black he, Widow. Re- right. He represents the, um, like sort of regretful version of that yeah. and she represents the completely remorseless like delighting in murder version of it so yeah anyway uh yeah i i i feel like crimson peak is fine uh my wife absolutely loves it but mainly just because the costuming is really interesting i don't know if louisa you picked up on this but something that jen pointed out to me recently she's watched this movie like a hundred times mm-hmm. um the character of tom hiddleston's sister is uh lucille is her name yes lucille uh every outfit she wears has aspects of the architecture of the house that she's trapped in Mm, that's very good so you can see like the the carvings over the doorways reflected in the shape of the lace on the corners of her collar and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that kind of touch is really uh shows that people gave a shit which i like yeah i like that she was always in very prickly costumes and they were always very dark bold colors whereas yeah. we have our main character uh Mia Wasikowska I can't yeah. ever remember her last name no, Mia Wasikowska <laughs> you got it right okay uh she's always in pale colors but then as she goes through the movie and becomes like uh, more uh, confident in, her, in herself I guess she's wearing more gold colors like mm-hmm. it gets slowly darker over the course of the movie I like that yeah hmm yeah, I think that uh, the visuals of that movie make up for the story of it being not much of a yep. story. Yeah, that's Guillermo del Toro. I think that's fine. When you're telling, like, when you're telling a love story or a horror story, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be innovative and surprising because you know what you want to get out of the story. So mm. it's the details that can make it, I think. Yeah, I feel like when you read old books of ghost stories, each story is only like six pages long, and that's fine. Yes. The ghost is, like, <laughs> we don't need the ghost to come back multiple times. Like, just give us the, the the thing of it, and then it's over. Yes. In this movie, I will say, you know, spoiler alert, move on 30 seconds if you don't want to know this part. But again, not surprising. They try to build it up as surprising, where um, uh, Mia finds out that... Yes, they. I guess her name's Esther in the movie, isn't it? Esther finds out that yes, uh, these two who have told her their brother and sister are sleeping together, and then she says, "You're not really his sister, are you?" <laughs> and Jessica Chastain says, "Oh, but I am." Like it's this huge reveal that it was horrible incest the whole time. Yes, of course it was. <laughs> like I never <laughs> thought they weren't brother and sister. Yeah. What are you talking about? They talked about their but- childhood together. <laughs> But I do think that it's funny the idea of that the character of Esther is so innocent that yeah. like she instantly is like, oh, if you're sleeping together, you must not be brother and sister. Like, that reveals yeah. more about her than it does to oh, yeah. us, I think. I guess that's true. But the way it's revealed so dramatically with a music sting and with Jessica Chastain like almost pushing her off a balcony at that point, it's yeah. like ta-da! Like, well, no, <laughs> you you, had, you tried to have a twist movie, but you can't do that. Nope. <laughs> All right, so, 
what we do on this show is we put a random word into the suggested articles page on WikiHow and come up with a list of things that people are asking for instructions on related to that word. Uh, so today, the random word that we got was couple. Ta-da! Mm. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yep. Happy Valentine's Day. We've been doing Halloween up till now, and now it's <laughs> we're switching over to Valentine's it's Day. The yeah. time of the season, time of the year for it. Although there is at least one Halloween question on here, which is how to choose a couple's Halloween costume. Mm, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> I disagree. Oh, I, okay. I think couples' Halloween costumes are fun. I think that they're one of the main benefits of being in a couple, to be honest. Here's the absolute key, I think. Both parts of the couple have to want to be whatever their respective couple's costume is. Right. Yeah. If you have now, someone who's super excited to be Miss Piggy, and they're like, and I guess you'll be Kermit, and that guy doesn't want to be Kermit, that's going to suck. Yeah, that sucks. Um, what you want to do is have your costume reference the shape of your genitals and how they fit together. <laughs> yes, exactly. One of you will be an outlet and one be a plug. Yes. <laughs> I fucking hate that. I can't believe how many of them are like lock and key or like a plug outlet in a socket. Like, yeah. fucking stop it. Yeah. We know. We know how you fuck. We already know how you do it. <laughs> what if uh, it was a cishet couple and they reversed it where the man wears the outlet and the woman wears the plug? Hmm? I feel like they're telling me more about their sex life than I want to know. <laughs> they are anyway. They are anyway, to be fair. Yes. <laughs> and also, like, that has such a, like, mm, we're really feminists, like, like thirsty vibe that I do not love. What I think is very cute is like uh, ketchup and mustard or something where they go together, yes. but, but neither one is sexy or provocative Exactly. I like yeah, that the, a lot. The one right next, the question right next to the couple's Halloween costume question oh. is how to make a couple's costume of peas and carrots. <laughs> love pretty it. Good. That is pretty good. Oh boy. That's such a specific thing though. Like, yeah. has it's... anyone ever done that? <laughs> Probably, right? I also, mean, just just got roughly, a bunch of felt. Yeah, right? they're yeah. they are vegetables that are roughly human shaped, so it's not as inconvenient as to be like a tomato or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, peas in a pod. I guess is what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes in it the pod. Be. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, I think a little more people shaped. All right. How about this? How to make an original couple's yeah. costume? Mm. No one has ever been able to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Adam and Eve, the original couple. Cool. Oh! Yes, yeah. being naked. I mean, that's the ultimate costume that highlights the shape of your genitals, is just showing up <laughs> naked. What if instead you did Adam and Steve? Hmm? Mm, you have to you wear think. name tags, though, and I don't appreciate yeah, costumes. That and it'll names. really fuck up your chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about this one? How to um, mm -hmm. change a washer coupler? You need a special yep. wrench uh yeah i mean you need to well it's it's a weird thing to want to do to be honest at that point you should probably just get a new washer um mm. yeah spend the two cents on the washer okay yeah no the i think <laughs> I it's think a, they mean a washing machine uh, yeah they mean a washer well maybe yeah who mm. knows right that's yeah. the problem impossible to say yeah, i'm trying to think what a coupler would be in a washing machine and i don't know that there's a thing called a coupler in there Hmm. A thing that gets the water line into the washing machine? Maybe. Okay, well, that would be easy enough. Turn off the water main to your to that room of the house, and then 
<laughs> Don't try to do it while water spraying everywhere. That's honestly though, like so much. I I can't. I consider myself to be fairly handy, and I do a lot of around the house repair stuff. Like I fixed a toilet that was leaking uh, a, a few weeks ago, and like. I was looking up instructions on how to do it online, and so many people were like, I can't figure out how to do this. And then someone's like, did you turn off the water? And they're like, oh, no, now I could do it. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. yeah. I kind of get it, because I, I wanted to change the light bulb in my refrigerator. It wasn't working. And mm. everything online said you have to unplug the fridge first. And I'm like, I don't want to, but everything says I should, so I did. But, man, that really pissed me off. I didn't want to have to do that at all. <laughs> The thing is, with a bulb, like, it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah it's might probably fine. in your hand, but... <laughs> no. But, like, it's not like when you take out the bulb, electricity is blasting <laughs> out of the socket, and you have to fight against that. No, I... Remember when they used to think that? It was just trickling out of the sockets all the time yeah. and raising your yeah. electricity bills? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I do uh. also think that, like... Wanting to unplug your fridge, I understand why that's inconvenient. But every toilet has a little knob right next to it to turn the water yeah. off to. Mm. So you just have to turn that knob. It's so easy. Yep. Uh, Matt, what is a thermocouple? A lot of questions are mentioning thermocouple. Uh, it's probably like in an air conditioner where you have a system, like a coupled system where one side is hot and one side is cold. Hmm. It's uh one of those couples where the couple's costume has the the plug like in the outlet, McDonald's, like that McDonald's sandwich where they had to keep the sides separate for grownups. Mm-hmm. It's like the Ghostbusters who were too hot to handle and too cold to hold. It's true. We've hmm. done it. We've done it, everybody. Uh, did we do something? <laughs> we're all sad and insane. <laughs> I'm not. I got to think about Mac tonight again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I love thinking about Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very specific. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's the only good Ghostbuster. That's my hot take. No. Right. You don't like Rick Moranis in the sequel as a Ghostbuster? Lewis? Uh, I mean, he is fantastic, but he's not a good at being a Ghostbuster. Yeah, well, that's part of the appeal, I think. Uh, how to install a thermocouple on a gas water heater. So, yes, it's the, so that that bears out my belief that it is a heating element thing. That makes mm. sense. How yeah. to find an apartment for an elderly couple? It should be on the ground floor. There you go. Boom. Done. There are, okay, I don't know if this is true universally or if it's just in the area of New Jersey where I live, but there are so many fucking like elderly apartment complexes in my area and there are two new ones being built like That's within weird. a mile of my house. Why are they making so many fucking retirement communities? It's because people keep getting old and not dying because we have a longer life expectancy. Yeah, but, like, all I'm saying is just build apartments. Mm. They don't have to be specifically for old people. No, they have to have them specially made for old people to move into. Why? They have to make them smell bad first. They have to smell like old people stuff. (laughs) They're pre-smelled up for you. Mm -hmm. All the furniture is covered in plastic already. (laughs) Yep, Yep, exactly. It's just, I mean, I I think what it actually is, is like uh, white people being upset about the possibility of other races of people moving in nearby. So they're like, well... Mm. I know I can trust old people to not be hoodlums or whatever. Yeah, that's probably Ugh. true. Anyway, how to plan a couple's outdoor spring vacation. <laughs> what the hell? Don't. What the hell yeah. is that? An alien wrote this. 
thing, like pretending to be human. <laughs> Go See, all, find a campground, I guess? Like, I what feel, the hell? These four words, I feel like if you took any one word out of it, it would make sense, but the four <laughs> together don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, a couple's outdoor vacation, I understand. An outdoor spring vacation, I understand. But a couple outdoor spring vacation, I just don't get. Yeah, you can well, you stay inside. You have to stay inside for the spring if you're a couple. It's singles only out there during springtime. You can't take that from us. <laughs> Why not? Uh, polygamy Jeff- is sinful, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Jeff... Jeff is against swinging, which is what this is about, right? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I would say that stay at a couple's resort, which is another one on here, it would be more likely to be that. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, okay, this is, maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm too innocent or whatever, but is, like, Sandals secretly just an orgy place? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, see, see, I thought it was more associated with what you were saying about apartments for elderly people, which is it's mm. the coded way to go somewhere tropical and not have to see any non-white people. Mm. Ah, okay. Yes. But, there, okay, there's a resort called, like, Hedonism or something. Is that... Yeah, but yeah, for, but for, absolutely. Explicitly for screwing. Like when you show up, are they like, okay, here's the rooms you can go in if you want to fuck a stranger? Mm-hmm. Like here's where you can get your STD tests. Like, is it is it that or is it just a like, all right, well, make sure not to leave your door open while you're fucking. Wink. Like, <laughs> I don't. Know. I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's okay, gotta be I'm with glad that I'm name. Not the only one who doesn't know. <laughs> Yeah, I looked up uh, oh, Sandals was for um, oh, no. couples uh, only, no children, and oh. until recently, they did not allow gay people. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, so they're definitely the thing I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We, we wanted to see other white people who are heteronormative and drink a bunch of margaritas on the beach. Exactly. Uh, how to make a step motor coupler. So the hardest part is that the step motor's axle is usually smooth, so you need to either get a bush that is, like, friction-tight around it so that you can then put a gear on it, or you need to, like, chisel some grooves into it so that something can attach on there to couple it to whatever you're trying to drive, like, the, the drivetrain or the belt oh, uh, that, that you need to use. Well, that's <laughs> get him, the get question, his ass. and I'm answering it. <laughs> I know, you're getting really sucked into these uh, couplers' questions. Well, mm-hmm. they're, they're interesting to me. Oh, man. To you. <laughs> How to write a couplet poem. Uh, every two lines have to rhyme. Yep. Yeah, and if you want to do it good, you need to have a rhyme, which is a normal kind of word in that first line. Then the second line, you're going to rhyme that with a swear, and people won't see the swear coming. They'll Ooh, be so delighted. Yep, there once yep. was a man from Nantucket, etc. Exactly. Yeah, that's a couplet. <laughs> well, those two lines are a couplet. Nobody knows the rest of the poem. I do. I know that whole limerick, thank you, and I will not be reciting it. Mm. Uh, how do we know you know it, then? <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's <so> filthy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Jeff and I know your Achilles heel of not wanting to admit you don't know things. <laughs> <laughs> We've trapped you. You go to make you say the dirty uh, limerick. Uh. <laughs> not this time. Not this time. Not this time. <laughs> But if you want to join our Patreon, you can get an audio of Louisa reading dirty poems to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. 
Uh, so I looked up on Hedonism's website, and it is a Swingers thing. It's explicitly. Yeah, it's a sexually liberated okay. and nudism. I mean, we all knew they were for them implicitly, I just didn't know if it was, like, in the brochure. Yeah. I'm sorry, they say uh, naturism, not nudism. So they're still, like, doing a little bit of implying, but, like, they're, you know, it's, yeah. Now, okay, Swingers and nudists is is troublingly ambiguous to me. Mm. If you want to go there and be nude, but you don't want to swing, is there, like, a certain area you're not allowed to go in, or do you have to wear something? Well, Just don't go in the orgy wing of the hotel. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying! Like, is are there signs that's like, hey, do not go past this if you don't want someone to, you like... You know what? You know what I bet they have a system of... I was going to say stickers, but if they're not wearing clothes, that's not great. Yeah, no, <laughs> they, that's what I'm saying. They, you prob- can't. They, they probably have a system of colored bracelets that's like, yeah, if, even if I'm in the buffet, come and, come and rub up on me. Yeah, just like kids <laughs> had in the early 2000s. This one means... This is the one for if you just want strangers to mm-hmm. spank you as they walk past. <laughs> Yeah, here's the, uh, having this one prove that you've been to a rainbow party. The moral panic over sex bracelets, we remember? I remember it, but they weren't real, so no one gets that bracelet. No, it's fine. And also, there's zero chance that anyone listening to this remembers that. (laughs) No, it was a whole thing. (sighs) The bracelets. Yeah. Yeah. And wear this handkerchief in your back pocket, if etc. No, I think that was real. Yeah, I think that one actually was real. But also, you don't have back pockets if you're exactly, uh, a yeah. nudist, so I guess just <laughs> yeah. No, you have to butt. you have to clench it between your cheeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, so that's awful. great because that also shows that you're probably a, a physically capable lover. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have strong buttocks. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you're practicing your butt kegels. Ugh. <laughs> Are butt kegels different? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know, because I feel like the activity you would do would be the same for both. Hmm. Yeah, those pelvic floor... Yeah, I think that's right. The thing like, is, I don't whenever... know how you would isolate those muscle groups. <clears throat> that's the thing. Whenever anyone describes literally any type of exercise, and they're like, you're really going to work your triceps on this one, I'm like, fucking, how do I tell if I am or not? I just feel yeah. it in this whole general area. How mm. do I tell if that's a tricep? <laughs> yeah. I also think whenever anyone just says pelvic floor a little bit, I'm like, is that, how literal is that? Is that like... Yeah, it's under your... It's at the the floor that all my other organs sit on? Yes, exactly. It's at the bottom. (laughs) pelvic basket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like, but like, is it, what... (laughs) Yeah. What I, is it the floor of? What chamber is it the floor of in my body? <laughs> your, your entire torso, where all of your guts are. So it is. So it's like above your pelvis that like all your other organs are sitting on. Is that your pelvic floor? I, I think that like, uh, I'm imagining that it's a floor and then like hanging off the front is like the wiener and balls. <laughs> I like. What? I don't know. <laughs> no. It can't be that, whatever it is. <laughs> Is it the floor between your butt area and your front area? See, here's the thing. I'm imagining it... I realize now I have always been imagining it as a flat sheet of muscle somewhere in there, but yeah, that's probably but not where? <laughs> Don't know. Is it horizontal or vertical? Hold on, I'll, I'll look it up real quick, find a diagram. It attaches the back of the pelvis to the front of it like a 
parachute is what I'm imagining now. Mm, what are those floor parachutes? Yeah. Pelvic floor. Oh, God, Jeff. Not <laughs> while we're recording our podcast. <laughs> so in a diagram, it connects the tailbone to the pelvis. So I was right. I'm a genius. So I'm looking at the diagram here, and it does appear to be mm-hmm. a flat sheet of muscle mm-hmm. underneath all of your organs, and then... Mm-hmm. Hanging off the front. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Guess what's Uh-oh. there? A skeleton paper cutout for Halloween. <laughs> it's the dick and balls. Oh. <laughs> you said that so dramatically, like it was a reveal in a, uh, a ghost story. <laughs> so through the pelvic floor passes the uh, urethra, vagina, and bowel. Well, I mean, which depending on which ones you have. <laughs> I kind of hope that a lot of people have all of this. <laughs> Well, I don't have bowel. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people don't. Some people, uh, the poopy just goes in like a little bag or whatever. I think they still have a bowel. No, that's the ectomy part of colectomy. They take the the colon out. Uh, is your colon the same thing as your bowel? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bowel is just like old timey talk. It's not yeah. clinical. Yeah, I'm just going off of what this um what this diagram says here. It's got the, the like, tubes going through the <laughs> pelvic floor, and it's all the, you know, all the same same thing. So, yeah, I guess doing any types of Kegels would strengthen all of those various tubes. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> I will forget and just go back to thinking what I was thinking before. <laughs> so it is horizontal. When you're standing upright, it's Weird. like a... Floor what? under your organs. What? It's, it's uh, what I said originally. All your organs are on top of your floor. I said this too. Here's I mean, so, some of them are tied to your bones, like uh, <laughs> hanging there with scaffolding. Yeah, I guess that's true. What if I'm a medical savant? What if I've never done any medical study, but I just kind of know how everything works? Yeah, born a doctor. I, could I become a doctor? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that what Doogie Hauser was about? <laughs> Yeah, he's a side doctor at birth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we might be writing a sequel to Boss Baby at this point, you guys. <laughs> Boss Baby, it's a prequel to Diggy Hauser, Boss oh, Baby. Oh. <laughs> Here's a good question. Yes. How to marry a couple. Now, mm. I assume this means as the officiant. Yeah. No, no. Well, here's my question. <laughs> If you are a, a person who believes in polyamory, and you meet a couple and want to marry both of them, is there a way you can, like, add on? To th- is there a ceremony you can go through to be like, I'm just joining, I'm not, I'm just... Yeah, extra matrimony plus DLC? Yeah. Uh, yes, there is, but of course, not legal- legally recognized. Well, yes. But yeah. yes, hmm. yes. It seems like... That seems like, God, that seems hard, to have yeah. both of the people in a couple fall in love with you? Impossible. No, that's, that's like the best. That's like passing two different <laughs> tests to apply for a job. That's not the word. Test isn't the word. Applications. <laughs> Interviews? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think that the the vast majority of people don't even love the one person they're married to. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Lockhorns, am I right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ack. <laughs> that's a... <clears throat> I love, my favorite thing to do to Jeff is when I make a reference that I know is wrong, and Jeff wants to correct me, but he knows that I know it's wrong and doesn't want to, doesn't want to give me what I'm asking for. Mm Mm-hmm, that's this show. (laughs) 
So I've brought up in front of me a list of countries where polygamy is legal. Uh, many of them are in Africa. There are some in Asia. Uh, one outside of those two is mm. the Solomon yes. Islands, uh, and some of them are yes, only... Here's my concern. A lot of times polygamy just means um, mm. marrying a bunch of young women. Yeah. And that's not yes. good. One man with a bunch of women is polygamy, which I I think polyandry is better, but still not great. But I think that polyamory in general is like the one that I uh, actually think should be recognized. Yeah, it's... Um, there, there's a subset of countries where it's only uh, if you're Muslim, and and it's uh, not the not the ones you'd expect, really. Mm, number five will surprise yeah, one you. Of, <laughs> one, yeah, one of them is Atlantis. <laughs> there's a picture of Mara Wilson there for some reason. She's not mentioned in the mm-hmm. list at all. <laughs> Oh, man, I still fall for that sometimes. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. but they're specifically saying, you know, say Mara Wilson is dead. So, like, clearly, that has to be in the article. No, of the course thing, it doesn't. They're just lying the to thing- me. Sorry. I keep thinking you're done and you're not. <laughs> now I'm done. Okay. The thing that fucks me up is <laughs> they show things where it's like, oh, man, you won't believe what, like, um, what's that woman from Felicity? Yeah, I don't know. Carrie... This is a bad example. Like, you won't believe what Jessica Beale looks like now. And I'm like, I just saw her in something. I think I would believe what she looks like, but the fact that they're writing an article about it yeah. makes me wonder if something <laughs> happened in the three months since I saw her in something. Uh, but then it's not true. They're just lying. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they do a thing where any actor uh, from from... Uh, like, name an actor from... Okay, uh, Tim Curry. No, that's not... <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, you now gotta... give me a profession. No, you have to let me finish. Uh, you name any actor who from, like, chubby to fat. Um, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess. Um, but, like, any any fat actors, they'll be like, ooh, you won't believe uh, who's what they look like now, slimmed down so much, even if, like... They they haven't undergone any kind of like Jonah Hill esque yeah. transformation at all, and it's always someone who was hot before. Yeah, they're always saying that about Melissa McCarthy, poor Melissa McCarthy, and then showing yeah. a picture of her on a red carpet with like beautiful makeup and a dress and everything. Like she did look good. What are you trying to say? Yeah, I would like to point out how and applaud how masterfully Jeff dodged me trying to make him do an impression of Tim Curry. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I tried really hard to get that going but no one no one jumped on board i really thought louisa was gonna give me the assist on that one if i'm being honest <laughs> uh, i didn't know you were going for it that's the problem i don't i don't think i have one uh, i don't think i have an impression of tim curry <laughs> how how is uh polygamy being outlawed like is that that can't be enforceable right like what do they do if you get caught then you're in trouble like like most crimes i guess if you like you legally marry mm-hmm. multiple people like without that's fraud yes Yes. because each state or country or anything will make you swear that you are legally allowed to marry someone when you marry them i see so if you know you're already married and you sign that anyway you have then broken the law yeah that makes sense um it just seems like there's two states that have you're not allowed to cohabitate if you're in an intimate relationship that seems completely unenforceable yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's like wild adultery laws still on the books and like 
similarly, how would you ever enforce something like that? But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's just, like, fully... It's also in states where people would be very mad uh, about their rights being infringed upon, but I guess, you know, not this right yeah. for some reason. <laughs> I do think it's wild that there's so many instances of, like, married, powerful men having affairs with young women, uh, and then, like, treating them badly, and the young women eventually go off and do other stuff or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. do the young women not realize that they have the power to destroy that powerful man's life by just being like, mm. hi, I have had an affair with this guy for uh, eight years. Uh, I think you'll find that they know that they definitely have the power, guaranteed, to destroy their own life by doing that. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. And there's a very small chance they'll destroy the powerful person's life. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, we went through all of this uh, with a f- famous president in the 90s, remember? <laughs> <laughs> and then he went to space! <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but no, it's... I. Uh, uh, speaking of, oh, I, the thing I'm actually talking about, I'm yes. uh, extremely looking forward to that American crime story, Monica Lewinsky. Uh, it looks very trashy and good. <laughs> um, but, like, in a in a... She's an executive producer on it, so I think it'll be, like, you know, tasteful in addition to being the same, like, Ryan Murphy garbage. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Uh, If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And please tell a friend about the show so that we can continue to grow our audience, which would be fantastic. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Or you can message us on uh, Mastodon to join our Discord. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. Uh, all of my things are available at weaponizedlanguage.com, which is my personal website. It has all of this podcast and my other podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, gang. Well, thanks for coming out, and uh, please come back next week. But in the meantime, guys, we can't keep doing this. Mm, keep your pockets on track. Eat your donuts! before the show. I did, that's why I was thinking about it. I'm like, should I change it like I already have changed it? No, Mm -hmm. gotta keep it with the donuts.